Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. Last week, we began looking at Bob Lapine's new book, Love Like You Mean It. As many of you know, Bob is the co-host of the nationally syndicated radio program, Family Life Today. We close the broadcast reading the first three verses of 1 Corinthians 13 and with the thought that everything minus love equals nothing. Bob says that it's surprising to him how many husbands and wives have stood before God and witnessed and pledged their undying love to one another without thinking carefully about all that they were signing up for. And it's equally surprising how many people talk about falling out of love or no longer being in love without considering how the Bible defines what they are falling out of. Bob says it's time for husbands and wives to read the fine print carefully. It's time to look at exactly what you're signing up for when you promise to love someone exclusively for the rest of your life. It's time to re-up, to dig deeper into the Bible, to begin to understand and apply what the Bible says about love. You know, some of us can remember back to 1967. It became known as the Summer of Love. The Beatles had told us that all we need is love, and we were just months away from the Woodstock Music and Art Fair in upstate New York that promised peace, love, and music. But the love that was being promised in the 60s was not the same love that the Apostle Paul had in mind when he wrote his letter to an ancient church that was infected with the pagan spirit of their age. When Paul wrote 1 Corinthians 13, he wrote to a church in a culture where the definition of love had more in common with Woodstock than with Jesus. Kind of like where our culture is today. Paul wrote this letter to this church in this culture for a reason. In chapter 13 in particular, he was communicating two overarching themes. First, he was making it clear for his readers that love is at the center of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. A loveless Christian is an oxymoron. It's a contradiction in terms. And second, Paul wanted to drive home the message that God's definition of love is radically different than what most of us think of when we think about love. Paul wrote 1 Corinthians 13, to contrast the way the people in the church in Corinth were associating with one another with what he describes as the more excellent way. The Corinthians related to one another through their gifts, abilities, and strengths. They valued each other based on how gifted the other person was. Some gifts earned you more honor than others. Paul spent 1 Corinthians 12 talking about the value and importance of spiritual gifts. He explained that Christians need to love one another and that we all benefit when we are using the gifts God has given us, not for our own glory, but to encourage and serve one another. But he also pointed out how having a wrong perspective on spiritual gifts can destroy relationships. Gifts without love, he said, are nothing but a lot of unpleasant noise. The more excellent way Paul advanced in 1 Corinthians 13 is a way of living that puts self-sacrificing, self-denying concern for, and care of others at the center of relationships. 
Jesus said that at the core of everything in the Bible, there are two commands, loving God and loving others. Those two priorities are the more excellent way that should drive every aspect of our lives. To capture the attention of his readers, Paul used a unique word, agape. If you've been a Christian for any length of time, the Greek word agape is a word you've no doubt heard. Theologian J.I. Packer says that the word seems to have been virtually a Christian invention, a word for a new thing. In fact, apart from about 20 occurrences in the Greek version of the Old Testament, The word agape is almost non-existent in Greek culture before the New Testament. Packer says, agape draws its meaning directly from the revelation of God in Christ. It is not a form of natural affection, however intense, but a supernatural fruit of the Spirit. It is a matter of will rather than feeling. It is the basic element in Christ-likeness. John Stott defines agape love this way. It is the sacrifice of self in the service of another. This kind of love, he says, is a servant of the will, not a victim of the emotions. And Alistair Begg says that what we're talking about when we talk about agape love is not coziness, affection, or predisposition on the basis of attraction. Agape, he says, is a spiritual discipline. Think for just a minute about how these ways of thinking about love will recalibrate the way we interact with one another in marriage. The vow to love, honor, and cherish your spouse is not a vow to feel a certain way about your spouse for a lifetime. Instead, it's a vow that you promise to keep for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness, and in health for as long as you both shall live. Back in the 60s, The free love movement wasn't about agape. It was about eros, a different Greek word that refers to romantic or sexual love. The same was true in Corinth. The Greeks saw sexual love as the highest expression of love for another person. And that way of thinking about love is still part of our culture 20 centuries later. We think about love today in terms of passion, romance, and sex not in terms of self-sacrifice or placing someone else's needs ahead of our own. The Apostle Paul was not the first to use this new idea of agape to correct misguided cultural ideas about love in his day. Jesus gave his disciples a helpful way of getting to the core of what agape looks like. In John fifteen thirteen, Jesus said, Greater love has no one than this that someone lay down his life for his friends. And John the Apostle reminds his readers that Jesus didn't just talk about what agape looks like. He lived it. 1 John 3.16 in the NIV reads, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. Agape love is one of the defining characteristics of Christianity. Sacrificing yourself to serve others is not at the center of any other world religion as it is with Christianity. And that was certainly true in Paul's day. The Greeks, the Romans, and the ancient Middle Eastern pagan religions made no claim that their gods were loving or that they commanded people to serve them by loving others. In our day, 
where eros love has become the common understanding of what love means, an agape-centered Christian marriage gives us an opportunity to show a watching world that we serve a God who defines love differently, who demonstrated for us what self-sacrificing love is all about, and who empowers us to supernaturally, sacrificially love one another. This more excellent way of love that the Apostle Paul describes for us in 1 Corinthians 13 is revolutionary, not just for marriage, but for all of life. It's at the center of how we are to function as God's children. That's what these verses tell us. God in Christ pours his love into us. He loves us with an everlasting, steadfast, and enduring love. And as the recipients of his love, We are to be a conduit of His love to each other. In other words, God loves us not simply for our own benefit, but so that as we are filled up with His love for us, we can pour out His love to one another. Paul begins his description of the more excellent way of love in 1 Corinthians 13 by listing a number of abilities or activities that we could commonly associate with spiritually mature people. The picture he paints for us in the first three verses of 1 Corinthians 13 is a picture of people who would be recognized in any era as being spiritual standouts, a cut above everyone else. He peppers his prose with exaggeration and hyperbole to drive home his point. And then he delivers the knockout blow. A person who loves others with self-sacrificing agape love, Paul writes, is more faithfully following Jesus than someone who is exercising his or her spiritual gifts absent of agape love. Here's the formula Paul is proposing. Extraordinary giftedness minus agape love equals nothing. Let that sink in for a minute. Paul says you can do everything right in life and in marriage in seeking to serve God And if there is no agape love at the center of it all, you have nothing. You don't have something less than. You have nothing. You have exactly zero. What that means for marriage is clear. You can be a responsible, charming, attractive, fun-loving, successful, intelligent, respected individual, admired and esteemed by everyone. You can be, by all standards an ideal spouse. But if your marriage is not fueled by a strong and durable commitment to sacrificially love your mate, Bob says it's not a Christian marriage. It's a facade. American theologian Phil Riken says we need to keep in mind that no one will hear the gospel from the life of a loveless Christian. People just hear bong, 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 clang, clang, clang and no one will see the gospel in the life of a loveless marriage. Are you gifted in using your gifts in your marriage, but without love? Paul says what you're doing amounts to nothing. Is it possible to have a self-centered motivation for putting the interests of your spouse ahead of your own interests? In order for you to be a dispenser of the kind of love described in 1 Corinthians 13, you first have to be a receiver of God's love for you. You have to recognize that you have lived a life of rebellion against God. Well, our time's gone for today. As we close, I invite you to join me Monday morning at 10 a.m. on my Mutual Understanding Method Facebook page 
for some live teaching about areas of your relationship where mutual understanding is critical. Have a great and safe weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.